It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Happy Halloween! <laughs> so you put, oh my god! <laughs> I was not expecting that. Obviously, <laughs> then it worked. I was gonna, I was just gonna say boo really loud, but I was like, some people might be driving. Maybe I shouldn't. So we'll go like yeah. somewhat. So scary, let's just have a but... screaming goat. <laughs> uh. Oh man! Well, yeah, I guess this is getting released on uh, on Monday there. So happy Halloween, everybody! Yeah, we would love to see what everyone's costumes are, especially yeah. if you went as any Ducks players. That would be sick. If anyone yeah. went as Getzlaff and went like full shaven the head cue ball, <laughs> that would be perfect. <laughs> that would be great. I, I that that would be fun to do actually. It wouldn't be the first time I've shaved my head either. No, <laughs> not for Halloween. Could pull it off. Yeah, Could pull it off. So well, cool. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm still just I'm, I'm rattled by that goat scream. <laughs> it's, a game, it's, it's a wild way to start. It's a wild way to start it off. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah, I know we had uh last night. Like we're recording on Sunday before the Leafs game, so uh, we are not going to be talking about the Ducks versus Leafs. That'll be on Wednesday's episode. Just to let everybody know. Um. But uh, 
yeah, I know we had uh, the Halloween party last night. That's at, good that uh, you you know that at, it happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I remember everything yeah. from uh, from last night, but um, yeah, I know you were uh, you were the DD last night, and like we went yeah. pretty late. Like, how are you just tired wise right now? Uh good because I I slept for a long time. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, I slept until like noon or so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. yeah, I guess I slept till like 11, 11, 11.30-ish. Which is late for you, so. Yeah, but I didn't go to bed till like after four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the time of like cleaning up and everything like that, so. Oh, you cleaned up um, last night? No, it's bit. like, no, it's it's still trashed out there. Oh, but okay. <laughs> I, I, I guess myself, so, because I had, uh, like, I had all that green stuff oh, uh, right. in my hair, right? Yeah. So, like, I had, to, I had to shower that out. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm the one who does the laundry in this household. I am not dealing with all of that like over bed sheets and whatnot so i'm like yeah. we are showering before we go to bed so yeah that's um, fair. but yeah I, so i didn't get to bed till like after four last night so and i did <laughs> i did have a snack as well because i'm like i gotta make sure because we're doing this show this like today I'm like mm-hmm. i gotta make sure i'm okay so and i also have like yeah. a family dinner after this so i'm like i cannot be sluggish <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> but uh. Um, it was fun, guys, though. It was yeah, a lot of fun. It, yeah, it was good. So your guys' costumes turned out really well, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm super pleased with how they turned out, considering it's like scraps from Value Village. It's uh, we, we went pretty hard. Where did you them, find so. that like vest thing that you were wearing though? Like that's not <laughs> something you just find. Like no, no. Did, did you go to the back corner of Spencer's or something like that? <laughs> like there were some straps to that thing, my dude. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually just a women's leather jacket, like a. Like like a fall jacket, so like there was like a lining in it. Um, okay. Well, yeah, just like a nylon polyester lining yeah. and like a little bit of white cotton and stuff. Um, like a medium, smaller medium women's leather jacket. So I put it on in the store, <laughs> and I was like this. It was like my shoulders were just like scrunched up to my my neck, and like I couldn't move. And Aaron was like, "I think that'll work." And I was like, "Yeah, like look at this. It look it looks good." <laughs> and then so we bought it, and then. She cut off the sleeves so that my shoulders could like actually oh, stick very, out from it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we cut along like the side as well, and then just like punched holes in it with rivets and put laces in it so it was a little wider there too. Um, oh, okay. I didn't see all of that because you still like you like you kept your cloak on all night as well. Yeah, it's because well, um, I wish I had a picture, but I, I don't have one <laughs> really accessible. But it, underneath it, like first layer was just trench coat, and then yeah. it was that vest armor type thing because i went as Jon snow i guess i should say that Jon snow yeah. from game of thrones for everyone that didn't remember so um trench coat that vest and then a bed sheet with fur on it for a cape um and and i took off the trench coat underneath like half an hour into the party because like we got some pictures i was like okay we're good um and then i had to keep the cape on because then i just looked like leather daddy Jon snow because <laughs> i had no <laughs> sleeves <laughs> so um so i kept the cape on so that i didn't look yeah. like like and I guess bad, if it's but... just a bed sheet, I thought it was something heavier than that. No, so yeah, I so was, it was like, kind of impressed with it. Yeah, no, so I, I was actually like comfortable after I'd taken off like the five pound trench coat jacket. Yeah, but there you go. But yeah, yeah no, it, it worked out quite well. So yeah, and I guess to fill in everybody as well, uh, because I like I know we talked about it in the last episode, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I uh, my my girlfriend and I went as uh, Cosmo and Wanda from Fairly Odd Parents. So mm-hmm. I it was like a bunch of like green stuff that I had in my hair basically to get that that Cosmo hair. Yeah, like that so. that spray paint. Yeah. Uh like hair color stuff, yeah. Yeah, so luckily it took me like less than a can. It took my girlfriend like four cans to color her hair. Yeah. 
<laughs> so mind you though, I have a lot less hair, just like length and just on my head in general. Yeah. Uh, it's also lighter does, too, whereas like, yeah, it her is hair lighter. is dark. So yeah, it is uh, pretty dark. So but uh but it, it worked yeah, out no, well for her too. Yeah, so. last night was a was a good time. So um <laughs> I was laughing because you reminded me that I had something in my notes that we yeah. were gonna talk about <laughs> today. So there's I like like once I read the note, like the whole thing like came back to me. So there was at one point during the party, Carter was just hanging out in one of the couches, and I walked over and I sat on his lap, kind of like you know, like Santa does, or I guess not Santa, like little kid <laughs> with, with Santa kind of thing, yeah. right? So Carter goes like, "Oh, like what do you want for Christmas, little boy?" And I just like joke, I'm like, "I want the Anaheim Ducks in the playoffs this year," and he just goes, "I'm Santa, not God." <laughs> <laughs> And I just lost it. I remember that. So I was like, yeah, okay, you thought that was a good one because I don't know if I'm going to remember this in the morning. So, but like, yeah. as soon as you're like, you're like, oh yeah, you have like a note in your phone. I'm like, oh yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, sorry, sorry to any uh, kids out there that might be wishing for Anaheim <laughs> in the playoffs for Christmas. Santa's not a miracle worker. He can only yeah, do probably so not much. Happening yeah. this year. So. If you want to meet Trevor Zegers, he might be able to do that. If you want like a, some signed merch or something, like he might be able to do that, but <laughs> he's not a miracle worker. He can't, yeah. he can't put the Anaheim Ducks into a, a playoff spot. So No, exactly. Uh, speaking of merch as well, at the time of this recording, for some reason, the Mighty Collection is still in review. I will post on Twitter when it becomes available on our website, uh, TQRShop. Mm-hmm dot myspreadshop.com or dot ca if you're in canada um yeah once that's finally available so and uh i guess with that though i'll have another we'll have another collection coming down the pipe pretty quickly here too that like we have it ready i just need to uh kind of figure out like what we're putting it on like obviously mm-hmm. it'll be like t-shirts and that kind of thing so yeah. which is the specifics so that'll also be soon here and hopefully it doesn't take as long in review as the mighty collection is yeah, for some reason weird. so like this is the yeah. longest that like any of our stuff has like it's normally like the latest has been like an hour or two i think that it's taken before and this has been like yeah. a few days now like i guess it's over the weekend we'll see what happens on monday i guess when this is released but mm-hmm. yeah mighty collection should be soon so i will cool. let you all know cool. on twitter and instagram when they are available so yeah, and if you are just right rattled and you want to just tear Nate apart, just <laughs> because you you expected a mighty collection to be in your mailbox by like yesterday, <laughs> you can uh, you can leave us some feedback down at the link in the Google forums there, just tearing <laughs> us apart for how we're like, oh look at this merch that you can't buy, sucks yeah. to suck. Yeah, you can uh, you can do that just down at the link, and we'd really appreciate your feedback for improving the Quack Report and uh, also just for you know how. How shitty our merch is. <laughs> I'm hoping. I'm not hoping that, not that the merch is like, shitty, but I mean that like, yeah. <laughs> it takes so long and you can't get it. You're like, this is so yeah. good, but come on, can we figure it out? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not my fault. It's out of my hands at this point. So I'm just hoping that everything's kind of ready because, like, well, like, after Halloween passes, it's like, yeah, you got to start thinking about Christmas shopping already. And I'm like, ah, crap. So mm-hmm. if anybody wants some Quack Report stuff for, for Christmas, I'm hoping it's ready soon. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but... Yeah, okay. Well, um, we, we do have a game to talk about against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to keep it as positive as possible. Here. Do like, you remember how positive don't... we were after our first episode when we beat Seattle? We were like, oh, this yeah. is going to be a great season. Let's. This team is exciting to watch. We're just like, watch. okay, like if, if they can play, play decent, it'll be fine. And, uh, and now here we are. Uh, seven straight losses. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Let's uh let's get into it here.
So, in case you uh, have successfully wiped your mind of this game, um, here is your <laughs> reminder that it is was a four nothing loss to uh, the Vegas Logan Thompsons, and so <laughs> yeah, first, uh, <laughs> yeah, first time Ducks were shut out this season. Uh, probably won't be the last, but definitely the first. <laughs> yeah, Logan Thompson's third career shutout, and like, what's he played, got like a twenty pretty, games? He's got a pretty young career. Yeah, let me. Uh, let me double check that as you're just kind of talking about oh, whatever sure. else with the game. But yeah, um, I mean, it's we outshot our opponents the, for the first time this season as well. So that's a positive. Nice to yeah. Um, like like we, we peppered Logan Thompson, and especially in the third period, I think we had we only allowed like four shots or something like that. I think yeah, and, that's oh, a, yeah, that's where it is on on Stolars. Yeah, you only yeah, had that's to make a, yeah, it's that's a that's a good positive i guess yeah, yeah no so, like yeah fantastic like there's there's a few firsts actually in this game surprisingly so yeah first mm-hmm. uh yeah first time being shut out this season wah, wah, wah. uh first time at shooting an opponent there, there you go yeah. <laughs> i still don't have my keyboard set up yet it's it's my fault at this point um <laughs> yeah first time out shooting an opponent for the season uh first time i'll, I'll add I guess another one to this first time that we haven't had at least like 32 shots against. We only had 22 against. So we're in the twenties against for the first time. Oh, sorry. I forgot. That's <laughs> not what that one is. <laughs> nice. And uh, surprisingly, I guess, cause what we've played eight games now. Uh, first time we've seen our black jerseys this year on the road too. Yeah. Wasn't that so, weird? Which I, I did anticipate that because the Golden Knights for Nevada Day have always worn the white jerseys. Um, Why is that? I think it's like it's. I I feel like it's something to do with like their state flower being white. Oh okay. Um, I'm. Yeah, I feel like it's something. Oh no! Apparently, the Nevada State flower is a big sagebrush. So I okay. forget what the reason is exactly. Then, um, but yeah, they've yeah. they've always done that for uh, games on Nevada Day. But uh, yeah, that's the yeah first time the Ducks have worn their black jerseys this year because the other two home games that we've had have been in the orange Mighty Ducks. So, but I we, we were kind of talking about this as well that like maybe Wednesdays are the new Fridays with how many Wednesday games the team has this year that like yeah. Wednesdays are going to be the night for orange or something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. We, again, we're, we're pre-recording this or we're recording this before the Toronto game. Um, so we haven't seen what jerseys they're wearing today, but uh, if they're wearing orange today, if they wear orange today, it's gotta be the new home Jersey that they, they just, didn't want to announce or anything like that for some which would reason. be stupid probably because they would see they would just have the comments on all their social media flooded with about time <laughs> like yeah but then people would buy the jerseys if they didn't yeah. have one i feel I like know. i feel i don't know it's it's all interesting to say the least anyways yeah um yeah and i guess another first for the year is uh max jones's fight uh, first of the year and first mm-hmm. in a year, uh, getting physical with Zach Whitecloud, who had his first career fight. A lot of firsts. Yeah, a lot of yeah. firsts there. Just so, popping, popping all sorts of cherries tonight in this game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of popping stuff, can we talk about that Jamie Drysdale hit for a second? Oh yeah, that looked Ooh. like it. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was not good. Uh, I'm just gonna be reading off my note. <laughs> 
Yeah, basically, right? Well, uh, well, I'm screwed. But like, I, I have it in my notes here. I am not a doctor, and I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate here. I am not a doctor, but that looks like a separated shoulder because I have seen a few of those before. Mm-hmm. That does like just the way that it hung there as he got up, like that, like a wet noodle in yeah, the that... middle of Chicago on a windy day. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great description. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ehlers was saying as well, like on the broadcast, that like it wasn't a violent hit that Drysdale no. took, which like he is right. It, it's like, a routine you, hit. It happens all yeah, the time. You yeah. definitely don't need like a violent hit for a pop, like for a separated shoulder, though. I remember in lacrosse, I think I was, oh, how old was I? I think it was 13. Yeah, it was my first year at Bantam, I think. Um, there's yeah, this one kid and I split between uh like split goalie, right? And the other guy mm. would play out. Mm. It was a game that I was playing goalie and I picked up the ball and I fed him a pass actually. And he started hitting up the right boards and same thing, just a routine he has got hit routinely along the boards by a guy, mm-hmm. and you just heard him like scream in agony and he was out for the rest of the season with the separated shoulder. And yeah, like, oh damn. Yeah, same thing. Like it wasn't a gruesome hit or dirty or anything like that. It was like a, it was shoulder to shoulder, and the I think it was the one that like connected into the board is the one that uh, that got separated for him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, but like looking at this, like it wasn't violent, but it looked painful. Like it almost looks like his arm kind of gets pinned, and then as he like is kind of spinning and like it's kind of pulling away. Because again, it's like twisted, like his arm yeah. gets caught between him and the boards, but because the other guy is like brushing past, yeah, like it's, the guy that hit him is like kind of twisting him. It it's, just it looks really awkward in one of those like oh, like when you're kind of like watching it. Like we even slowed yeah. it down just to get the idea of what was happening, and we're just like mm-hmm. oh, like yeah, that doesn't look good. Yeah, it's it's um, one of those hits that you see, and you're like, I don't know what's wrong with it, but something's not something's right. Like as, as soon as he got yeah. hit, I was like, that's. That's an awkward uh, yeah. hit. And then it showed him getting up and his his arm dangling. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I'm purely speculating on a separated shoulder, right? Um, maybe by the time this episode comes out, we'll know more. Um, but uh, and, it, and it depends on the severity of it, too, right? Like, um, I remember there's a couple there's a couple seasons ago in the in the PLL uh, field across. There was a guy that separated his shoulder um had it like hanging as he's walking off the field uh, like Drysdale's was mm-hmm. and they popped it back in. He went out for his next shift and scored a goal. <laughs> like, oh, I, wow. I think he, and I think he scored a two pointer actually. So that's like 15 yards out from the goal. Wow. <laughs> and uh, so like you can, yeah, like some are fine. You just kind of like pop them back in and you're good to go kind of thing. But yeah. um, I was taking a look just to, again, I'm, I'm speculating here, but Judging with how like in pain he looked, kind of thing, it wasn't just like a oh get up and head over kind of thing, right? Um, yeah, separated shoulders usually two to twelve weeks. Fortunately, without surgery most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, again, we'll wait to hear what the actual diagnosis is and yeah if even we then we'll probably just hear like upper body injury right but if yeah it, it, the the length of time that he's going to be out is going to be interesting for sure yeah like before this game we might just hear upper body injury not playing but 
Yeah, and, maybe, until maybe no Monday more. it'll be okay. He's had MRI, X-rays, whatever kind of scan yeah. they, they're probably going to end up doing. Um, this is what's wrong. This is the length of time. Yeah, we, we might. It might be Monday. We see that. Well, I mean, we'll see. We might get it before the game tonight. Yeah, but. we might. Yeah, it's, but um, it, it's not looking good. I would be shocked if he came back like this week. Yeah, I would be too. So, and even then, like, even if it's like he's feeling fine i want to make sure this kid stays like healthy right like yeah try to eliminate as much lasting effects as possible Mm -hmm. or or minimize as much lasting effects as possible and that kind of thing don't rush him back right because like i don't know if don't know if you've looked at the standings lately like it would be great to have him on the ice but it's mm-hmm. it's not like we're making a playoff push right now or anything like yeah. that. Like, let them heal. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to relate this back to uh, a different team as well, the Oilers. Oh, go figure. He's going to talk about the Edmonton <laughs> Oilers. <laughs> but the uh, shoulder injuries, especially for defensemen, are not something to screw around with. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know how many people listening to this would really know who Oscar Clefbaum is, but he was like, the Oilers' number one defenseman for a few years and, like, like legit number one defenseman. Um, and he his big thing was, like, he, he just had a wicked shot from the point. And he's been out on LTIR for, like, the last two or three years. And at this point, he's probably never going to play an NHL game again. And he was, like, 20, 20-something, early 20s. Yeah. Um, but same thing, shoulder surgery. It, wa- it wasn't because of a dislocated shoulder. I don't totally know what it don't. I don't remember exactly what the injury was, but he, yeah, because like you can't be a, an NHL defenseman with a bum shoulder. No, and, and like yeah, like let like let a, uh, I was gonna say like an NHL defenseman, let alone just like your daily life kind of thing. Yeah, because like. Kind of near like the end of uh, season three for us there. Like I had really screwed up my shoulder badly. I was out of commission basically. Like I couldn't go to the gym or whatnot for it. It was like three and a half months. Yeah. Uh, just with like rest and that sort of thing. I had like, I remember one morning I woke up and I couldn't hold my arm farther than like six inches in front of me kind of thing. Like before it was just like extremely painful. It, w- it wasn't like a shoulder separation obviously, but like, just your shoulder is so integral to your everyday life, mm-hmm. right? That like you have to make sure that it's fine. Yeah. So. For for Clefbaum, I remember like one of the big conversations a couple of years ago. I can't remember if it was him that said it or if it was like um, one of the coaches at the time or whatever, but it was like he's he's basically making the decision of if he wants to continue his NHL career and ruin his shoulder or if he wants to retire from the NHL and like maybe be able to lift his kid one day. Yeah. And like when you put it into that perspective, you're like, oh holy fuck. Like I wouldn't play in the NHL if well, that and, was if that was the choice. Yeah. Right. And there's more times that like guys are thinking about it that way now, which is good. Which, yeah. Obviously. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like I know like, I know listening to the uh, I think it was Wednesday's episode of the Steve Dangle podcast. And they were talking about that for Jake Muzzin, right? Of like do you want to be able to like go run around with your kids kind of thing or like, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Just to see that mm-hmm. kind of mentality. Right. Because like, like I get it with playing professional sports, you only have like a small window to make what you'll 
kind of rely on for the rest of your life, right? Unless you're mm-hmm. like into investing and that kind of thing too. Yeah, or you want or, to be a coach or, or whatever. Yeah, or like, like you some, some other you do, part of the game. Yeah. You do more after, but like that's going to be the basis, right? Of what mm-hmm. you live on for the rest of your life. And because of what you put your body through, that's why like these dollar amounts that these guys are getting are so high, right? Like, mm-hmm. like what job wouldn't you love that minimum salary for you is a is three quarter million dollars per year, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. But like, but like, that's the reality of it. Is like, it's so high because of what these guys put their put their bodies through, right? Because I think mm-hmm. it's, um, I like I think besides like football kind of thing, right? Like hockey is one of the mm-hmm. more like physically demanding, uh, in terms of like injury risk or whatnot, mm-hmm. uh, like sports in the world, right? Yeah, so, for, for mainstream ones, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Obvi- obviously, like WWE, boxing, like any sort of martial art ones are are, are the, the same sort of thing. Yeah. But, like, um, but yeah, like it definitely for like the big four American sports, like it's yeah. football and then hockey for sure. So, um, so yeah, long story short, like I, I just hope that, um, that they do this right with Drysdale, keep him out, make sure he's recovered because you don't want to risk another injury to that shoulder so yeah and especially uh, him being so young right like you want yeah. him to have like you want him and he wants to have a good career right but even yeah. at this age like you gotta stop you got like you have to start thinking about like life after hockey even which like does mm-hmm. sound ridiculous but um i think it was agent Provo- uh, provocateur they were kind of talking about that too right of just like mm-hmm. Like agents even being like, okay, yeah, it's like your first season or two kind of thing, but like, let's not blow all your money because you never know what could happen. Like, you have to think about life after hockey, kind of thing. Like, you you got here, but now you have to think about what's after it. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like from a young age. So, yeah, like you could get hit in your first NHL season, have a concussion, and never be cleared to play ever again, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know absolutely shatter your knee never be able to play again like anything yeah. like that and you you just blew your entire salary on the nhl and now you have from the nhl on whatever and now you have no other skills to like yeah carry into the job market right so like it's yeah it's, it's scary, scary stuff yeah. yeah so um so yes yeah like, i i, I hope, sucks I hope he's okay. is gonna be out yeah. but like take take the time to do it right if if 12 weeks is what it takes that's what it takes so yeah um but hopefully not. Again, we're, we're just speculating on what it looks like, but it's something along those lines anyways. Yeah. We'll we'll suffer the same without him as we would with <laughs> yeah. him right now. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, so. yeah, exactly. But, um, so, yeah. The, yeah. The other, back, back to the game, I, yeah. I suppose. Um, well, this is still the game, but other, <laughs> other things, more happy things, yeah. potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's exactly happy. I just have the note of like shorthanded goals against Hurts. So, well, but, like, less of an existential crisis than <laughs> what yeah. we just talked about. So, <laughs> we, like, we, the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about like two on ones, two on twos, and that kind of thing. I don't think there was, I mean, from my perspective, I don't think there was anything necessarily wrong on how this got played of uh, Fowler no. and who, who was, his partner on it was a Klingberg for this. Um, um I remember might have been, like, been Kulikov. Oh wait. Oh yeah. My, yeah oh no, this was been. on the power play though. So yeah. Um. Anyway though, Maybe. it was. Yeah, I don't, I don't it was just like it was Riley Smith. Riley Smith is a smart player, and it was just last minute. He created separation between him and Fowler. Like it's. I don't think it's anything like necessarily no. on Fowler 
or that kind of thing. No, like, I thought his positioning was fine. Like, yeah. it, it's just one of those opportunities where Smith made a move on him and and just like out outsmarted yeah. Fowler, I guess in a way. Like, yeah, like the, like besides being like, hey, like don't have shorthanded goals against. Like the the actual play itself isn't something I normally bring up, but just because we've been talking about like obviously the defensive aspects of this team for however many seasons at this point, but like really diving in even just like how like like if we were in their position and again we're not NHL players by any means but mm-hmm. like just kind of like knowing basics even right of like like maybe how this should get played better cuz you're you're th- like you're in that position you're doing it split second right yeah. like decisions and whatnot and we're able to you know like go back look at tape like they're able to do after right and mm-hmm. like watch it multiple times okay figure out what could be done better next time and try to improve on it right yeah. we can like we don't get the chance to improve on it we just go this is how you should improve kind of thing yes yeah, so yeah. totally listen to two 25 year olds from southern alberta that have never played an nhl game in their life but besides like the ea ones um <laughs> yeah but like we, but, we grew up around hockey yeah though, so it's it's in we, our blood we like to yeah. think we know what we're talking about here and i mean and, and most times if, we do, and, and if you're listening to this show i guess you kind of think we know what we're talking about a little bit too so <laughs> yeah the the thing with this is like um, just, just stick with me for a sec. It's going to sound like I'm bashing Fowler, but I swear okay. I'm not. Um, right. I like because Fowler's a veteran defenseman. Like, there he he obviously knows how to play ninety nine percent of situations in the NHL. Um, and, and again, in this particular instance, I thought the way he played it was fine. But because he's been around for so long, he has like a way, or he probably has like a way of like playing these two on ones and like knows how how to do it and like what the best option is but sometimes like i feel like it can be hard that when you do get beat on a two-on-one you're like oh well i still played it right so i'm just going to keep playing Mm two-on-ones this way but obviously riley smith found an exploit in our defense on on a two-on-one and took advantage of it and scored a goal right so it's so this isn't on fowler to i i don't like I don't think it's on Fowler, but that's where the coaches, a coach somewhere along the way, needs to step in and say, "Hey, you're a veteran defenseman. The way you played that is fine, but you need to like keep in mind a plan B or a plan C for when Riley Smith or someone else tries to make the same move on you. This is how you now need to adapt and and change it. And if he doesn't get that from a coaching staff member, then." It's it's just going to be something people are going to exploit because look, shorthanded goals are rare, and but every team wants to score one. So yeah. when so other teams are going to watch this tape before they play the Ducks, and they're going to attempt to do this move again, and then and that's not what you want. So somebody needs to say to Fowler, "This is we need to establish a plan." Yeah, and it's possible Fowler knows what he needs to do. I'm sure, yeah. like he's a smart player who's been around for a while, but there needs to be that rapport with the coaching staff as well to pr- because there other teams are going to try and exploit that so there needs to just be a greater awareness and like a bigger deal made out of it i guess in a way yeah no that, that makes, makes sense. sense i uh i i do have the clip up here um and i am kind of looking at it again again like it, it's on the power play silverberg's trying to get back but like even what he's doing uh against carlson there is like it it almost looks like he's just swinging at air, kind of thing. Like he's trying to do a stick lift on a left-handed guy, but he's trying to do it on the right side. 
Oh yeah. Like as he's behind him, it's like you're you're not gonna reach there, dude. Yeah. So, you, but uh, like, but like, uh, obviously like, we can't show the clip, but can you like maybe show a couple like freeze frames of it? Yeah, on here? sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. See if we can here. Um. Gotta yeah. Do some some general frame by frame stuff. Yeah, I think if we go like frame by frame, it's not an issue. I could be wrong though. Yeah, anyway. I, and I mean, like technically, we can show clips, but YouTube just burns us for it. So they yeah. don't understand copyright law <laughs> but <laughs> um yeah so even here um oh, i don't want to okay here we go now i'm in yeah so you can see like he's just like he, he's swinging at air yeah right like there, there, there's nothing there um but however, like, he, he puts a stick on the other side though and that immediately that pass is coming across right yeah so it's i don't know in that case it's yeah try to get up there but like at this point like here he's already gliding kind of thing yeah but, and then like takes another push yeah like your sticks nowhere and again like i know silverberg's not a defenseman but like your, your sticks nowhere like for it to be useful you might as well just be skating alongside the guy yeah um i however like and it's just it's one of those things where it's like like I'm not I'm not blaming him even as much on it because he he's playing this how if I'm in Gibson's position he's playing this how I would want him to right he's more trying to cover mm. off the pass he's trying to have like the closed gap on the potential like cross right yeah so like like I have no issue with how Fowler's doing it that's why I said like yeah Smith just just outsmarted Fowler and mm-hmm. uh just gained some separation there when Fowler wasn't looking that way so yeah but yeah yeah so it's just yeah and then it's unfortunate because obviously it's a shorthanded situation too so you're yeah. not really prepared to be defending a two-on-one generally like it's it, yeah. it doesn't the, the it, fact it, that we I let in a shorthanded goal definitely sucks it just um, sucks the wind out of you like that's to yeah. me that was like the the tsn turning point there of yeah the and, th- and that's only a two nothing goal right like that's something you like could otherwise come back but like mm-hmm. just that extra like oh it's short-handed right like they had less guys than us and they they essentially got a two-on-one yeah um there so but um stellars appears in this game as well it's his third game in relief of gibson in only eight games and he has one start mm-hmm. this season gibson got better for a couple games and it looked fine this one it he didn't look as there again. Like it's kind of the midway point in a way of like yeah. the like the last couple of good games that he's had and the horrible ones that we were seeing like at the start of the road trip. Yeah. Um, Do you chalk that up to an early start, like an early puck drop? Maybe a little bit, but at the same time, he's like if, a very routine guy, right? Like yeah, but if you want to look down the other end of the ice, sure, he's a younger guy, but. Thompson was in the exact same situation. That's true. Yeah, that's start, true. Right? Yeah. Like this, like everybody on the ice is in the same situation. This is not normally when you're playing a game, right? Yeah. At like, yeah, like three o'clock. Like you maybe have a matinee game or two in the season as a whole, right? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, Stellars though didn't, wasn't very busy in uh, his 20 minutes of play. Uh, only made, or he made all four saves that, uh, he had shot against him. 
Um, Which I don't know, is what, I'm, what you can ask for when you're trying to come yeah. back in a game, right? So, but like just seeing like how many times he's had to come in relief already, right? Like, and two of those were back to back, and he's only had one start. But like mm-hmm. overall, he's been your better goalie. Unfortunately, right? like, like well, fortunately, but unfortunately, yeah, we, we talked about this last we, we week. Did. I just, feel so like I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but like, why is he not getting more starts? Yeah, like, I, that's yeah, the question, I'm, I'm, I'm and there's the no answer. I, I'm at the point that I need to see more Anthony Stolarz, please. Yeah, so it's so because yeah, like he's not like he's not running horrible numbers or anything like that either. Like his expected goals against six point eight three, his actual is seven, so he's like he's at a negative point two, like. He's doing exactly what he should, mm-hmm. right? It's not incredible or anything like that, but like that's a guy that you at least feel solid with between the pipes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so it's, and like it's it, it's when you're trying to win, like why not? We're shaking up the defense. We're shaking up the forwards. Why are we not shaking up the goaltending? It, it's yeah, it's a no brainer to me, and I I literally don't get it. So and even then, like some of the shaking up has been pointless, right? Like. Okay, uh, one more time. We are recording this before the Toronto game. Um, but the yeah. practice lines yesterday had Terry and uh, Zegras split up. I get that you're trying to generate something, but the pairing of those two forwards mm-hmm. is not your issue here. I don't no. think. And, and offense in this game, honestly, I don't think it was an issue. We had some great opportunities. And Logan yeah. Thompson was a brick wall. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. you have the, the low danger versus high danger chances uh, again but like, uh, still he stopped yeah. all the high danger chances so that's yeah it's just insane yeah in terms of uh anaheim's shooting actually i will i'm double checking this here uh anaheim actually had no high danger shot attempts five medium and 33 attempts were all low danger Interesting. I mean, so, I, I would argue that there was some high danger chances. I, I, it's been a couple days, obviously, so I, yeah. I don't know exactly what I, I couldn't like pinpoint them, but I don't know. It, to me, we had high danger chances that Logan Thompson was in great position, so maybe that made them medium danger. I, I don't know. But yeah, if uh, here I'll, I'll pull up the heat map for the people that are watching, especially. And uh, if you're if you're not if you're just listening to us on podcast, we are available on YouTube as well, where you can. Uh, see kind and of some of the, the visuals that we're looking at too. Yeah, and um, Twitch. Well, I guess Twitch is for our live stream ones, sorry. So yeah, yeah. this is just on YouTube. <laughs> um, but here, so the this heat map is from uh, Natural Stat Trick. We'll ignore the Vegas side. We know that our defensive system allows guys to just skate right into the middle and you can see all the goals there. Um, taking a look at Anaheim though, right? It's You, you kind of have that, that Zegris spot, I'll call it, right? Yeah. Just like that... Uh, Facing the goalie, the the right dot there, just outside of it, closer to the blue line, and like just inside um, the the left circle, basically. Like there, mm. there's a couple chances in there, like in the slot kind of thing. But and again, like Vegas is Vegas is decent on defense, right? Oh yeah, but like they're not. Um. Who are we just playing the other day that we were talking about? Like how like good their defense is overall. Otherwise, um, uh, Boston. Oh, Tampa, Tampa. Oh, Tampa. Yeah, obviously. Um, but like in in my opinion, 
Tampa has a better defense overall than Vegas does. Both like in terms of like their like both in terms of like their lineup for it and uh like their structure. Their their system and it's like like and their team defense, right? It's not just like relying on the two guys there. Yeah, yeah. But like we're just we're being forced to the outside, not like great spots, unfortunately. And like this has been kind of reoccurring the last few games, especially now. Well well look at the Golden Knight side. I know you said you weren't gonna talk talk about it, but like this is the ideal thing like when coaches draw things up on the whiteboard these are the spots that they're like i want you to shoot from here as close to here as possible and they're just yeah. allowed to do it like there's the the two defensemen don't even have to move they're literally parked on our side on inside the blue line but where the the face-off darts dots are that's yeah. where the coach draws the x's saying shoot yeah. from here and like we barely have that like we're forcing like we're taking shots from basically the boards which, yeah, I can shoot from there all day. I'll let you. But yeah. No, and then right in the slot is where the other ones are coming. Or like that home plate area between the circles, like the hash marks down. I guess it's more from the dots in the yeah. face-off circle down to the crease. That's entirely where the shots are coming from. Are we even trying to play defense? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm kind of on the thing that like, yes, yeah, some of our guys maybe have some improving to do or have regressed in the case of like a Shattenkirk or something like that right yeah I'm the the more I look at it though I just see it's a structure weakness rather than the individual guys because you can see that besides maybe like clearing pucks like we've talked about you can see that like you can see effort in the plays at least but their system is what's holding them back we we talked about it we talked about it at the beginning of the episode or sorry, the beginning of the season too. And um, we'll, we'll get to some notes from 32 thoughts as well. Jeff Merrick even said that the, in the latest episode mm-hmm. that they, he, he thought that the ducks had like a solid defense. Like, yeah, it's different than last year and it's not maybe as physical, but like we have good defensemen, Drysdale Fowler, good defensemen, Shattenkirk, good bottom pairing defensemen, Bolu, Benoit, Vakanine. And like, those are decent bottom four defensemen. Um, who am I missing? Kulikov, we talked about him, like solid yeah. shutdown defenseman. Like, we have solid defensive defensemen, and we're not defending. That's a structure problem. Yeah, it's... It's not one guy, and there's no way it's all the guys sucking ass at the same time. It's a structure thing. Yeah. It's painful to watch, honestly. It is. Because it really you're like, you can, you can see the issue, but nothing is being done about it, so... Um, yeah. I'm just doing it. It's the definition of insanity there. So, yeah, doing the right. same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, you have a note here about the 11 7, and then we can uh, take a break and then talk yeah, about sure. Freeman's converse, uh, Freeman's yeah. points actually, since you brought it up. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I because the Ducks played 11 forwards, seven defensemen in this game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, and also, I just saw some comments on like Ducks Twitter, and I, that I just want to clear up. I'm, I'm obviously by no means an expert on coaching systems and the eleven forward seven defenseman thing, but some of the comments I saw were like because McTavish was technically that fourth line guy that like didn't have like a set line, mm-hmm. and when you but when you're going eleven and seven, you don't really have set lines. Generally, the way I've seen it is you run three centermen and then you have four of each wings. That's 
like whether it's international hockey or other yeah. teams in the NHL I've seen, that's that's what it is. So but the the reason you do that is because you have um you have uh, well, it depends. You can do it if you have a lack of centers, which the Anaheim Ducks don't. We actually have a lot of centers. Mm-hmm. But um but it still kind of works because then you have your four winger lines, but there's still not really the, like you don't really have a one to four. Like you might have your top line winger pairing, but then like McTavish and Lundestrom, I believe, were kind of that fourth winger pairing. Um, yeah, but they they'll end up playing with Zegris at some point, or they'll end up playing with Henrique, which are top line guys, right? So like you, it, it really messes with the matchup system, I guess. So even though McTavish was quote the fourth line guy because he was on the fourth line that the Ducks tweeted before the game. That doesn't mean he's playing fourth line minutes. I, I mean, I, I doubt he played 20 minutes that night, but... Um, sorry, who? One more time? Uh, like McTavish. McTavish. Just McTavish. How, yeah, well, I guess I could... I have the... McTavish the played 16.07. Yeah, that's... I, I mean, it's not a ton of minutes, but it's also not fourth line minutes. Yeah, right. the lowest so, the lowest guys the lowest guy in terms of minutes for uh the forwards were or was uh Jones at eleven forty nine there. Okay. But anyways, the, the forwards aren't really the the issue with eleven and seven. The reason you go eleven and seven is because your defense sucks. That's essentially what it like you don't have maybe the depth you want on defense or something's not working. So yeah. you're saying I'm gonna sacrifice a little bit of offense because we have our offense is generally good. On paper, our offense is fine. Like, especially top six. Like, we should be able to score goals, and it shouldn't... Like, line chemistry isn't as big of a thing for this Ducks team. Yeah, because they, just I need, think, they just need better chances. That's all it is. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, Zegris and Terry can play together. Zegris and Strom and Vitrano can play together. Zegris can play with McTavish and Pavel Regenda. Like, it doesn't matter who Zegris is playing with. Good things are going to happen, right? Yeah. Same, same thing, like, throughout the lineup. But for a... Defense, like we basically only have the six or the seven guys that can play, and if one of them has a bad night, like slash Benoit or Bolio or White, whoever is in, then you don't want to bench him because then you're running five defensemen, and that that's a lot of minutes for your defensemen. Um, yeah. So you go seven. So that if one guy's not having a good night, you can kind of just not play him, and then you can just kind of rotate in who is playing, or like it, it allows you to say take some minutes off of Cam Fowler, um, who, I, I don't know what his numbers are, but he probably averages 20, 25 minutes a night, I would say. Same with Klingberg. But it allows mm-hmm. you to rest those guys a little bit more because you have that seventh guy that you can rotate in. And it just yeah. allows you to get different pair, matchups, a lot of fresher guys. So, in theory, we should have had a better defensive game. Um, I, I don't think we did against the Golden Knights, but I think... It, I don't think the Ducks have ever gone on eleven and seven, so it's it's definitely a new thing. I, I would I, honestly, I would like to see it more. Oh, we we did it quite a few times last year. Did we? Okay. Yeah, we did. I, I just blanked it out. Apparently, yeah, no, uh, that's but, that's fair. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I don't know. I would, I, I, there's a, there's a few things I'd like to blank out yeah, just about. Yeah, <laughs> about the Ducks every now and then. But yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I would like to see it more. It, it obviously didn't quite pay off the way we maybe wanted it to against the, the Golden Knights in this game, but. I think with how our forwards are, it's a good thing to do. And I don't know, maybe the seven defensemen is a way of compensating for our lack of defensive structure and, and systems. But like, 
it didn't work. I don't know. What do you think, Nate? Because Duck's Twitter was not pleased about this. Yeah. And I feel, so I kind of feel like I'm the only one that is, is okay with it. And if it is, like, so be it. But I, I don't know. I just want to know your thoughts, too. There's definitely times that it can... It it works. I think it's if, though, like, you have... It's if you are stronger all around with having that seventh guy on defense that you can rotate in throughout, right? Yeah. Um, in the case of the Ducks, though, it it doesn't make you stronger whatsoever. It, I think, actually makes you a little bit weaker because your offense is where your stronger stronger points are, right? Mm-hmm. Your defense is what needs to improve, and throwing another guy into the mix with not as much consistency in lines then yep. is not the way to go, I don't think. Um, and I mean, like, I, again, it's only one game of, I guess, 11 and seven. Right. But like, mm-hmm. it didn't look to have any effect yeah, at all. Right. That's fair, so, yeah. um, but, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I the, guess the, the, ducks in, the ducks aren't in a position, I guess just to, like, yeah, to wrap it up, the ducks aren't in a position that it benefits them at all. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess too, um, like I'm, I'm not would, against the 11-7 system, but yeah. it just it has to be worth it, and it's mm-hmm. not for the Ducks at least with how it's constructed right now and who's at the helm. Yeah, and the system that they're trying to run through. Yeah, that's fair. So, so yeah, I, I guess like the um, what what I saw people complaining about it on Twitter just like wasn't maybe quite the right mindset in a way. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, like there is just complaining about it for like the the sake of complaining about it, right? Like, yeah, but I can see obviously it didn't work. Like, so like, don't do it again. But like, the reasons that people were giving are not the reasons to not do it again. Okay, so what were the reasons that people were giving? I guess then maybe I maybe I'm missing like for this part, uh, like for McCavish and Lundestrom being like those fourth line guys, and like it looks like they're not going to play a lot of minutes. Like, no, that that's not how it works because your forwards end up rotating. So oh, much. okay. Um, yeah, and, and like like we saw, McTavish still played 16 minutes. Like that's yeah. decent numbers for McTavish, and that's probably all he's going to get under Dallas Eakins because that's what Zegers got last year, right? Because so, the white the white gloves for the rookies. Yep. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, it's so don't complain about it for the reasons of our forwards. Complain complain about it for like defensive reasons, I guess. Yeah. Which I didn't quite see as much of on. Twitter, so yeah, and and I, and I guess too with the eleven and or with, sorry the seven forwards, no, one more time with the seven defensemen, you do that because you're not sure how the game is going to be played and you want to have different options of who you play on defense, right? Like you're not sure how the other coach is going to play it, and it's yeah. not because of like a lack of understanding the coach, but like some teams can play really physical and really just like sit back and like not hit and just you know be g- good in positioning, like. The same team can play that way defensively. Like, look at, um, say, Colorado. They can mm. they can just box you out in in defense, but they can also play a physical game if they want. Yeah. Same with Tampa Bay too. Like, it's yep. it's a cup it's a cup winning team thing. But with the Ducks, like, I don't think we have those seven defensemen that we can like rotate through mm-hmm. to change the way our defense plays if we still had Lindholm and Manson yeah absolutely yes because yeah it, it did work better 
it worked better at times last year for sure. Yeah, but that's when you have those two guys in you, there. You have defensemen that play differently, and then you, so then you can dictate how your defense defends. But mm-hmm. now we, we switch Benoit out for Bolio. Who gives a shit? It's the same it's, thing. Even yeah, if, even when Vakanainen comes back, same thing. Like I don't know. You put um, like Fowler and Shattenkirk, Fowler and Drysdale. Like yeah, Shattenkirk and Drysdale aren't the same caliber of NHL player but mm. they're going to play the same way, right? Like Shattenkirk and Drysdale are going to try and box you out and they're going to be offense first defensemen. They're not going to throw big hits around and make you scared to touch the puck, right? Like, Yeah. Drysdale, especially on like the, on the, on the physical side of it. So just because he's not... The, the new NHL defenseman is a lot smaller than we're used to seeing, mm-hmm. right? So like, give it another five years, Drysdale's going to be the norm in, oh, in yeah. that respect, right? So, I, I'd say he already kind of is. Yeah. But this is a, that's but, a totally different conversation. So yeah, we won't no, go down no, that rabbit hole yet. But but yeah, um, you're like you're right. Like, yeah, just the they're like a like little bit more offensive minded. Um trying not to have like recency bias or anything like that. I'd almost argue that Drysdale and like not even just like with line placement though, but like just you're you're watching clips of him and whatnot. Like Drysdale is Time and time again, better on the defensive side than Shattenkirk is. 100%. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, yeah. So, but, and, and it's like, because he's faster, and I don't yeah. want to say smarter, but like his um, his brain, his legs can keep up with his brain. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So, but yeah, just like he's he's more defensively aware, I guess. Yeah. than Shattenkirk seems to be. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I would I would say that's a, a good way of saying it. So yeah, all right. Um, yeah, okay. So I mean, maybe we'll see eleven and seven again. But I, if we do, I want our defense to look different than what it yeah. looks like now. So um, okay, we can take a quick break because I think that's all we wanted to say about the Golden Knights game. <laughs> that's it. It only took forty minutes to get through <laughs> it all. But that's it. <laughs> uh, on the other side, we've got some more thoughts on Dallas Eakins and and what. What's going on with him? We'll do the upcoming game predictions. Uh, and we have a bonus what's quacking, even though we normally only are doing <laughs> it on Wednesdays now. We, we, we came across something that's just way too good to pass up. So stick around till the end for that. It is hockey-related this week. Uh, so it, it's a good one. So make sure to stick around till the end, and we will be back in just a couple of minutes here. And shout-out to DraftKings, promo code THPN. See you on the other side. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Maybe you want to take the odds on Mason McTavish winning the Calder Trophy for Rookie of the Year this year. He has the second best odds on DraftKings Sportsbook behind Matty Berniers of the Seattle Kraken at plus 500. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use the promo code THPN, 
bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I just want to say, too, that if you're like, oh, I'm just a casual fan, like, I, I don't really know too much about sports betting, so I'm not really going to, like, do anything with that. I'm going to say it doesn't even really matter because, now, this is something totally different because this is a Yahoo, like, ongoing fantasy league, so you draft at the beginning of the year, and that's that's it. Um, but me and you are obviously in the league together um, with yeah. just... A bunch of bunch of casuals, and and your girlfriend is in this league with us, and I'm oh, facing no, no, her this, this week <laughs> in the league, and uh, and obviously I follow hockey very religiously, and I, so I know what's going on, and and generally I do pretty well in fantasy leagues, like um and, and when I do um, bet with DraftKings, I, I do fine, generally. Um, so this week I have, and this might mean nothing to somebody, but or to a lot of people, but. My goalie stats are four wins, a 1.61 goals against average, and a 9.55 save percentage. Which, and how many goalies are you carrying again? I, ca- I carry three goalies, and they okay. are um, Stuart Skinner, Yusei Saros, and Jeremy Swayman. So, like, decent goalies. And, yeah. and they, have, they, have, they had a pretty good week. And, like, even if you know nothing about fantasy hockey, like a 1.61 goals against average, you know that's really good for a week. 9.55, if goalies carrying that, looks great. Um, your girlfriend, who is... She she knows hockey. She knows a lot of players, um, but is definitely a casual fan compared to me and you. Yeah, and enough that she knows players and like isn't just drafting based off of like how cool their name is or like what team. Oh, the uh, the Flames. That's a cool like name for a team. I'm just going to draft that. Like she knows things about it. She but, purely drafted Jonathan Huberto in that first round just to spite me. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> like she's just in it for fun. Like she's just. Yeah, she's throwing shit at the wall, seeing what sticks, kind of thing, right? <laughs> For like, and I'm not trying to like bash her, but like, no, but yeah, it's <laughs> so like I'm just I'm just trying to say like she's just a casual fan, but she she's beating me, who has fantasy hockey spreadsheets, spends hours a week trying like managing his fantasy teams and trying to figure out who to drop, who's the best pickup for this week and all that stuff. Do I want to use my ads on this? Like, all that shit, yeah. right? And she has she's edging me out with five wins, a .84 goals against average, a <laughs> .975 save percentage, which is unheard of, and three shutouts. And, that, and so <laughs> yeah. I'm losing the week against her. So, like, if... <laughs> the long-winded way of saying, like, it, it doesn't matter if you're a casual fan. If you just want to throw a couple bucks down on something, like, you, you might just... I don't want to say get lucky, but you're if you're like my I only have limited hockey knowledge with the Ducks. If you throw a dollar or something on like Zegris scoring a goal, like and, and it it could pay out, you know? Or like if yeah. you do the, the daily fantasy stuff, like sometimes just dumb educated guessing can get you <laughs> further than yeah. than hours of Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> I uh And again, I'll, I'm not trying to bash your girlfriend. Yeah, no, just, I know. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> okay, here I'll, I'll I'll balance it out then. I'll talk about it too. So, like, we're at like the desk that I'm sitting at here. We're both at the same desk. She has her computer, and uh, and I have my setup, obviously. And like, she's kind of asking me because, like, like once you, we kind of got past like round one and two, maybe in three, right? Like, mm-hmm. they were kind of running out of guys that 
she knows of at least and so yeah. she's like oh okay like like who do you like who do you think and i'm like okay well this is what i would do in terms of like like i like to draft by position mm-hmm. not always just best available player kind of thing um so i'm like okay like you you might want to start like looking in this area for what you need or like take a look at this stat where are you low in kind of thing i'm like if i were you i'd kind of start to look either here or here and here's kind of the options that i would maybe look at for what you could do there like and who's best available to suit those needs and for yahoo again it, it doesn't mean anything right it's it's, mm-hmm. it's your way too early season predictions yeah. but for all the projected stats and whatnot uh she was projected in first place i was projected to be second that did not rub well on me. <laughs> I was like, okay, no, that's the last time I'm helping you. And seeing how she's done in the three weeks so far, I'm like, yeah. you're on your own next year. <laughs> yeah, like that's it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like I, I, I simultaneously love and hate like going into fantasy leagues with like more casual hockey fans because like <laughs> it just like hurts my ego that like yeah. when I lose to it's just really like, an ego thing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But and like, and then I don't even really take like much pride out of beating them because I'm like, obviously, like I, I spend hours on this and like this person just hit start active players and like then didn't look at it and accidentally left Connor McDavid on their bench for like yeah. a busy Saturday <laughs> night, right? Like it just happens. Um, but so it's long story short, it's <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't matter if you, you know, it just happens. Or, or, the, yeah. or actually, okay, like another great example, like specific to betting. Was mm-hmm. uh, remember there's the, there was one guy in the oh, chat yeah, yeah. On, the, for- on the live stream on Wednesday who mm-hmm. had just made a parlay across like a few different sports. Yeah, because he was a football guy mostly. Yeah, football, baseball, kind of. Yeah, and he like was tuning into the watch along just because that was the one hockey game that he put money down on. He, he had put down for Tampa to win that game, mm-hmm. but it was like if he stuck, if he stuck with it, the payout on I think it was twenty dollars that he put down. 20 or, or 25 like or 20 was, was, yeah 20 yeah or on $20 was going to return like 500 plus dollars yeah and but uh you know he definitely i think did the safe move because he did pull on it when uh the game was tied mm-hmm. with like 10 minutes left i think yeah I, like i i think he pulled the safe move the guy still went ahead with like i think he was he said like t- like 260 bucks or something so, like something that. like that yeah like he, he still had a big payday thanks to DraftKings sportsbook but um mm-hmm. yeah just like and and he said he's like yeah i don't really know a whole lot about hockey actually this is just the game that i put it down on and that's why i'm here just to kind of see mm-hmm. how things are going so yeah. it's it's definitely possible uh to do well i know even like baseball i'm trying to get more into and that sort of thing uh early on in the mlb season i tried to put some money down and i just i i kept missing even on like what Mm -hmm. should have been fine like i remember there was one day i think it was like early in the season uh was the the jays the yankees and the dodgers i think was like a three-game parlay that i'd made Mm mm-hmm and uh, and all those teams were doing fantastic. They were like top two in their divisions or that sort of thing. And uh, that was just the one night I just lost all three games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's rough. Yeah. But, so it's it's definitely a hit or miss. But like mm-hmm. you can like sometimes it is just like figuring out. It, it's it's more about the actual 
betting strategy than it is knowing exactly what you're doing the knowledge yeah. of the sport though definitely it helps, helps. It, it does help. help yeah i remember this is the last story we'll tell and I'll, I'll try and keep it short here but i remember last season someone on reddit uh, at the very beginning of the nfl season flipped a coin for the las vegas raiders and just yeah. heads was they win this matchup tails they lose and then he wrote it all down and then he posted it on reddit and for like it was something like the first like nine games eight or nine games of the season <laughs> that's what it, it, it predict the coin a coin flip predicted if the raiders <laughs> won or lost their game and like and then he like he, he posted beside it like this is what like before the game this is what the score was like predicted to be and who was the favorite and stuff like that and the yeah. coin like most times was against the favorite like sometimes it was with it sometimes it was against so there was just like no rhyme or reason to it but it was like heads or tails and that was yeah. it and the coin flip predicted the first nine games of the season eight or Jeez. nine i don't remember what it was and like and, and so eventually, I think it was like week five, I started predicting with the coin. Oh, what's the coin say? Okay, I'm just going to put yeah. five bucks down on what it says. And then and I did that until uh, the coin was wrong. So I, I don't know. I ended up maybe up like 20 bucks or something like that. But Hey, there you go. It's, still it, it, was just like, it was dumb luck. I, I literally yeah. had not watched an NFL game outside of the Super Bowl before that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so and like they, like there's some of those uh sports like that right where it's like yeah there's you know like the the favorites kind of thing right but because it's such a yeah. team sport it can really go either way like basketball is kind of the one thing that is a little bit more like yeah you're definitely like you're more than likely better off with a favorite yeah um just because of how the game is right you're normally seeing the same guys for a good chunk of the game and that mm -hmm. sort of thing so but yeah. uh yeah it's uh yeah it just proves that uh sports are unpredictable which is the best part about betting on them sometimes so sometimes yeah but. um yeah um, I guess because we just talked about this a little bit more as well. Gamble responsibly, everybody. Stay yes. within your limits. All that, all that stuff. Look at the disclaimer down at the bottom of the show notes. It has all of the uh, quote legal stuff that we're supposed to say. But too, just from like personal me to you. Yeah. Gamble responsibly. Don't don't let it affect you. Buy yeah. your food and your rent and all that stuff first, and then oh, I have five dollars to spare this month. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah, exactly. So, which uh, that's actually something I'm going to take a look at for uh, a paper for a class I'm in. Actually, is oh, just cool. like uh, it's just, it's just a literature review, but it's I was going to take a look at uh, like sports gambling and the the effects on consumers. So, oh, cool. I yeah, I will 100 percent read that when it comes yeah. out. So, um, okay, moving on. We got a uh, some some stuff that came up on the 32 Thoughts podcast from uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick here on. What's going on with the Ducks? So at the time they recorded their episode, the Ducks had played seven games and obviously had not done very well in those seven games. <laughs> one, uh, I guess one five and one record. So, and, and us included, Ducks Twitter, you know, people all over social media are calling for Dallas Eakins to be fired. And this is not maybe necessarily going to be a conversation on if he should be fired because we, we talked about that on the last episode. But... Um, Friedman's, uh, I guess, argument was like Dallas Eakins shouldn't be judged on the first seven games of the Duck season. He should be judged at, say, the 40-game halfway point, the 60-game point, the 80-game mark. See, mm -hmm. is, has there been improvement? Like, have the Ducks improved over the start of the season to the 40-game point? Yes or no? 
from 40 to 60, have they improved? Yes or no. And then seven or 60 to the end of the season, have they improved? Yes or no. Um, yeah. Which I think is a fair point. Um, but the, immediately what comes to mind is the Ducks have had Dallas Eakins as their head coach for not just seven games this season. It's been three years prior. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, but Friedman also argued, like, the team has gone on, undergone a huge identity change from the beginning of when we did this show and Dallas Eakins tenure in 2019 um, to now. And not even just that, from last season, end of last season, or sorry, beginning of last season to beginning of this season. Team is totally different in terms of identity and the roles that a lot of players have. Getzlaff, our captain, retired. That's a huge shoe to fill. Lindholm and Manson, huge parts of the defensive core for the last couple of years were traded with no direct replacements for them. Um, Raquel and Delorier were traded. Um, Again, Raquel, goal-scoring winger, didn't really replace him until the offseason. Delorier, bottom six, big fighting, heavy guy. We don't have that anymore. Uh, We Mm -hmm. lost Milano, big winger for Zegris. Like, we don't really have that guy with that chemistry yet anyways. So, like, that's a big change for this team between seasons. Um, And then uh, some of the guys needing to step up in leadership roles, like, obviously with Getzlaff gone and Lindholm, Warren A, if I'm not mistaken. I remember correctly. Yeah, if not, I mean, he was around for a while, right? I think we're... Raquel might have had an A as well. Or no, yeah. I don't think so. But he again, he, he'd been around for a while too. So like, that's a big change to like just the veteran leadership in the room. And like, we don't really have those guys that have been around that long anymore. So like Zegris and Drysdale are kind of the guys that need to step up into the leadership role. Uh, Terry into the, that role too. Fowler yeah. had an A, still has an A, but like, now needs to step up more. Um, so just the whole like locker room dynamic has changed. We're definitely more of a skill-based team versus a physical hitting team that the Ducks have kind of always been. So like the team is very different just in the last 12 months. So his argument was, okay, Eakins doesn't work with um, a team where Getzlaff is the captain, Lindholm and Manson are your big D, the we're a heavy, physical, hard-to-play-against team. Like, we're going to be hard on the forecheck. We're going to hit you, like, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But now we're not that team anymore. So his argument was kind of, okay, well, can he do something with this team? Can we take something that has no identity? Can he build an identity and then coach it to some wins? Which I think is a fair point, honestly. I don't know. What do you think? It's It's kind of... Interesting for me, just to uh, go back to like who the leaders were, I guess, like in terms of letters. Yeah. Sure. Uh, when we started, obviously, Getzlaff until uh, this season was the captain. Uh, 1920 was Silverberg and Manson. Okay. Uh, name. Wow. 2021 was Bacchus, Silverberg, Fowler, Manson. Okay. Um, last year was Henrique, Manson, and Silverberg. And then this year is Henrique Silverberg for Toronto. Wow, I had no idea Manson had an A. Honestly, I, I yeah, I never paid attention to that. So that is so like that's a, it is a massive to the loss. leadership group. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I do want to take a quick look, though, in particular, because obviously this is not the first team that Dallas Eakins has coached, as you especially mm-hmm. know very well, Carter. Yeah. Um, the Edmonton Oilers of the early, mid-2010s were not great teams. No. But <laughs> again, there were young guys there that had potential mixed in with some veterans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a 21-year-old Taylor Hall who uh, in Eakin's first season played 75 games, put up 80 points, mm-hmm. um, right? You had a, a Jordan Eberle who was 23, 80 games played, 65 points. David Perron even was 25 at the time, uh, <laughs> 57 points, um, right? Like, yeah, you had a very young 20-year-old Nugent Hopkins, Um putting up 26 points in 80 games, but that was always, you, you kind of had, oh yeah, and then you had Neil Yakupov in there as well, <laughs> even uh, playing 63 uh, games and getting 36 points, right? Like that was your most recent, uh, your most recent draft pick at that, at that point, right? Like yeah. in that lineup, there are three first overall picks from the last four drafts. Mm-hmm. At that point, right? Yeah, and then you had some of the more veteran guys. You had Sam Gagne putting up forty-one points. You had a Justin, uh, you had uh, Justin Schultz. Or I guess, sorry, Gagne and Schultz were twenty-three, twenty-four at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, okay, let's take a look here. You, you okay? You had uh, Ryan Smith. Yeah, right. Yeah, he was a veteran at that time. Yeah, yeah, thirty-seven at that time. Definitely a veteran. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew Ferentz even at thirty-four. He was the captain, um, right? I think for that it season. doesn't say. He, he, oh no, he actually, been. or wouldn't it? Or would it have been Smith? Still, was Ferentz oh. the next year? Maybe. Uh, um, yeah, no, you're probably right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had a Nick Schmaltz or Nick Schultz in there as well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, Clefbaum was a young guy. Uh, Ladislav Smead was a young guy in there. You had promise in Tyler Pitlick at the time as a 21 year old. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, this was the first season with yeah, uh, this is the Dallas Eakins? Fr- yeah, yeah, the first season of Dallas Eakins. Like, so okay. there are like you, there's some, a lot of comparables to this current Ducks team now. Yeah, it's like you had some good guys, and you also had some goalies that played decent, but just didn't really have a whole lot of help in front, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, like Ben Scrivens, I remember was yeah was traded that season. Um, mm-hmm. What his first game, he set the record for most saves in a shutout for the NHL, not just the Oilers. Yeah, it was like 50-some. Right, which I think has only been beaten one time now. Um, You had uh, a decent goalie in a Devin Dubnik before he went to Minnesota there. Mm -hmm. Um, You even had Ilya Brzezgalov, who could play decent hockey. We know that. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, like Scrivens there is the best, but kind of a sh- smaller thing of like 21 games, but like a nine sixteen, like y- you had decent goalies and like decent players and that sort of thing, but still came out and he played, he would do one more uh, partial season in Edmonton. Um, finishing with a 36, 63 and 14 record. That is and again, rough. Like, there were good guys on that team, right? Young guys yeah. and some and some good veteran presence that could still contribute, mm-hmm. right? Um, 
yeah, put up that a 318 points percentage under Dallas Eakins. Wow, um, that's, that's rough. Yeah. And at this point now with the Anaheim Ducks, 78 wins, 106 losses, and 33 overtime losses in 217 games coached for a 435 point percentage. So not like, much better, really. <laughs> like there is, it's not as much, right? Like 113 games compared to 217, but mm-hmm. the the 217 does kind of show that that 113 maybe wasn't necessarily a product of the team itself. There were a lot of things going on in Edmonton. Yeah. But you could and argue things, that... And things didn't get resolved when Dallas Eakins moved on no, either, so... But you could argue as well that there were there's been a lot of things going on in Anaheim over the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Bob Murray's kind of that same GM that's not really wanting to shuffle on certain things and mm-hmm. kind of holding you back in some respects, right? He's not drafting a Neil Yakupov when he probably shouldn't, but mm-hmm. um, just like he's, he's, he's kind of holding your team back a little bit there. Um, but, and just like, yeah, like kind of things changing kind of over the course of a year or two uh, mm-hmm. and whatnot. But like that Oilers team might actually even be a decent comparable um, just because like Dallas Eakins is the coach of both of those and it's similar situations all around. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, that's he's, true. It, we're, okay. We're, we're on the train at this point. Go for Bedard, right? Tank for Bedard. That's the memes that's getting thrown in yeah. on every single like final result on Twitter, right? Is okay. We're, we're tanking for Bedard and that kind of thing. And I think, was it on the last episode? I talked about it's, you know, if, if you're playing good games and like you're losing to Tampa Bay, the like four uh, two right with an empty net goal in there, mm-hmm. right? But like, it's a good game, right? Like you you're disappointed. Obviously, you lost, but you shouldn't be disappointed in your play whatsoever. Yeah, it comes to like the moral victories. Right? Yeah, where like yeah. which which does suck to talk about honestly because yeah. like I like Especially actual after four victories. years, right? Yeah, but like those I can stomach. And I was talking about how, like, if it's embarrassing loss after embarrassing loss, though, things have to change. Mm-hmm. And we've definitely seen those embarrassing losses, right? Yeah. Like, Detroit's supposed to be a team that's in the same position as us, right? Like, on the up, they've made improvements, right? With a new mm-hmm. GM in there now for, mind you, they've had Eisman for a couple more seasons, but that kind of idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and they really stripped things down, right? At least we had like a like a kind of a basis that was already begun that could be built upon. Um, we got hammered by them, what five two, right? Um, um, I think so, something like that. Yeah, like uh, five here. one, five one. Yeah, okay, here. So again, before Toronto, let's read through the scores here. The one win, Seattle five four in overtime, if I remember. Yeah, yeah, in overtime. Uh. Next, you lose to the Islanders 7-1. That's a defensive team, mm-hmm. right? Again, new head coach, that's going to allow them to be more offensive. But that's, like, those players' play style is more defensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then lose to the Rangers 4-6, which looks better, but if you watch the game, like... It wasn't at all. They, they it, it was 
much it was too late it was uh, a bad game by the rangers <laughs> you lose to new jersey who i they like they want lindy ruff gone more than ducks fans want dallas eakins gone mm-hmm. and you lose to them right and give new jersey their first win of the season you have a good game against boston arguably the best game of honestly i would say since last november yeah that's your best game that you've played you lose 2-1 in a shootout um and you have John Gibson to thank for that game in particular, right? Oh, yeah. The rest oh, of yeah. the rest of the game was kind of like that. That should have been a different score. Um, then you lose to Detroit five one. Sorry, not five two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a closer game against Tampa, and now you get blown four nothing against Vegas. Uh, two goals, five on five, one on the power on their on uh, Vegas's power play, and one on your own power play shorthanded. Mm-hmm. So we have Toronto in a couple hours here from when we're recording. Um, that's a team that's on the second half of back-to-back. They're about to play their third-string goalie against us. Uh, Shalgren will be starting that game. Um, apparently, Toronto is historically not great on Sundays, so like, there's the potential for Anaheim to do okay. I'm still sticking with my thing, though, that they're going to lose that game because it's also the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? They have some offensive firepower. And uh, our defensive system doesn't work. This is this might be the game that kicks Toronto's ass kind of thing and gets them really going because they're a team that's kind of, for what they should be, have struggled. Yeah. Um, the game that I'm or the games that I'm looking at here are these next three. We don't have to go super deep into them. I like we'll go into the one team in particular. Um, San Jose, Vancouver, San Jose again. The San Jose, the San Jose games in particular, because Vancouver, I'm I'm still sticking by for now my idea that Vancouver could be a playoff team, mm-hmm. right? Could be in that top three, because we we saw once Bruce Boudreau took over last year, it is possible, right, for this for that team to be good as constructed. Yeah. It's very possible. So I'm I'm holding my breath there san jose though we are supposed to be well above them they've played more games yeah, but, their point per, but their point percentage is better than us yeah right and like they've at least yeah like they're they're, they're doing better in the standings mm-hmm. if either of those games especially if both of those games against san jose in particular are embarrassing losses i don't care that you're going for bedard you can do it still with how the team is constructed because it's not a great team. There's mm-hmm. potential, but it's not a great team. You can do it with a different coach. Yeah. So it's it, it's not that we're judging after seven games. It's that there's precedent for Dallas Eakins in similar situations with similar types of rosters, with similar things going on around and whatnot. If... If it's not embarrassing losses, we're having Eakins for the rest of the season, right? Yeah. Like that—that's that, that, where I'm saying it has to be embarrassing losses for him to get fired. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think those fair. games yeah. coming up against San Jose in particular are the ones that we're going to be looking at. Yeah. So. So yeah, no, I I agree for sure because like, like look, while I agree with the whole identity thing that um, they were talking about here, there is. You'll be able to tell after, well, we'll be 12 games an eighth of the way through the season-ish. 
yeah. if this team has developed any sort of identity and, and guys stepping up into roles. And, and, and that's Eakins' job, is to establish that, right? So it's... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think... I agree with you there, but if the tables do start to turn, that's when you can maybe say, okay, we'll hit the 40, 60, 80 yeah. game marks. So Yeah, if, if there's improvement and you're still losing, okay, whatever. But yeah. if there's if there's no improvement, like, again, we, we keep talking especially about the defensive system, but we are talking more about the offense and how it just seems to be just generate chances doesn't matter if they're good or bad kind of mm-hmm. thing, which good is better, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, if, like, the mentality around how you play, I guess, doesn't change, then it needs to. And it's not going to unless you get rid of him. So, yeah, like a, a Bruce Boudreau and a John Tortorella give teams an identity. Yeah, Dallas Eakins is the like Flyers a, should not be where the fuck they are right now. Yeah, but John Tortorella is able to get blood out of a stone. Yeah, exactly. And that team is where are they sitting right now? Last I saw, they were still like top three in their division. Yeah, I think that, that's probably pretty close. And like. The Philadelphia Vancouver. Flyers are currently sitting second in the Metro. Yeah. By the way, for New Jersey, that loss that we had against them kickstarted them to becoming first in the Metro as of today. I think they've been. I think that was the start of a win streak for them. Honestly. Yeah, they are six three and zero now. Yeah, and they started zero and three. So Detroit is in a playoff spot currently, four two and two. The Islanders are in a playoff spot right now, 5-4-0. and oh. mm-hmm. Sorry, 0-2, oh and, and then they won three games, lost to Washington, won the next three games. The Devils did. Yeah. So they've uh, won, since beating us, they've went 6-1. and one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I name off those teams in particular because you're like, oh, they're in the playoffs. Like They should be good teams. They're mm-hmm. not supposed to be good. No, they're not they supposed a, to be the teams no, that are there. But they have an identity, right? And exactly. Like, Vancouver is a bit of an outlier because they lost the first seven games, but they still had an identity in those games. They yeah. just like sucked at holding a lead, right? So yeah. Um, um, and Boston, so especially like that team has an identity that has stuck with them for years, right? Yeah, yeah They exactly. will out muscle you and they will outskill you if they have the chance. Yeah. I've, I have this vision in my, my head and I don't know where it's from, but like, I feel like there's an animated short of just a bunch of like gray blobs. And then there's like, one and it's like kind of a grayscale animation and then there's like one like person that's in color or something like that and it, i don't know it's it's like a metaphor for something i don't know what it is mm-hmm. but like the color then like you know gradually takes over like the gray blobs you know i feel like Dallas Eakins is just that gray blob you know yeah like there's just there's nothing that he's imprinting on anything he's just like existing right yeah like with with the team like i'm sure he has a personality or, or whatever, but like he's not giving the team an identity. And yeah. that's the problem. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Enough about was, that. <clears throat> that was a, a lot longer than I thought it was going to uh, be. But speaking of uh, San Jose on Tuesday, you can catch that at 7 30 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, Eric Carlson's doing great. Yeah. That, that, that's about it for San Jose. That's all you need to know. <laughs> James Reimer okay. actually has been okay, and James Reimer. Good. Yeah, sorry. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but like outside of those two, this team is about where they should be. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I'm going to be hopeful. I'm going to predict 3-2 for Anaheim because they will okay. still play down even though they have nothing to play down to. Currently, this is a team that you should be playing up to. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to be hopeful on it. Yeah, 3-2 Anaheim for that okay. Tuesday game. Yeah, that's a decent prediction, I think. Um, I am still going to predict Anaheim until they win, just because I want to be <laughs> optimistic. Um, so, in terms of final score for this one, um, Tuesday, you said? Yeah. The San Jose have back-to-back situation going on. I don't like believe so. Nope, lost to Tampa Bay Saturday, two days off, then Anaheim, and then a day off Florida. Okay, so, uh, start of a, oh no, middle of a homestand against your rival. I'm saying, <laughs> I kind of also want to say 3-2. Can I pick the same score? Is that Sure, go for okay. it. I always like to do something different, but um, but in this case, we'll do the same. Sorry, I'll make this bigger. I realized it's not quite big enough <laughs> for people to see. There we go. Okay. Um, oh, I guess that's the only one we have to predict, hey? Yeah. You got close on these ones here. 4-2 Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> five, you predicted 5-2. Uh, you predicted 4-1 against Vegas. It was 4 nothing. So, not too shabby. Hey, you were actually close with Detroit, too. Close. Yeah, five, five, I said 5-3. Yeah. It was 5-1. So yeah. You're slowly creeping closer. <laughs> 4-2 against New Jersey. Yeah, that's... Uh, so I, I think you'll get one of these ones soon. I'm hoping it's the 3-2 one so that I can all... all yeah, so that you can get it. <laughs> yeah. So... I, why do I get the feeling it's going to be Toronto here in a couple hours? Time will tell. Time will tell. Oh. All right. Quick, what's what's uh, what's quacking here? All right, so uh, today's what's quacking. Like Carter said, we were we're normally going to be doing these just on Wednesday, but there was a clip from uh, past, I guess, employee of the Anaheim Ducks, uh, Daryl Sutter, that was too good to pass up. Yeah. So this is coming after the game uh, last night of Calgary versus Edmonton. That's uh, for uh, a brief moment of time in uh, in the first period, a couple minutes there. Uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Huberdeau had gone down to the the Flames locker room, and he did kind of have a, like a bump earlier, if I remember correctly, in that game. But uh, there there were a lot of questions: is it a is it an equipment thing? Is he not feeling great? The trainer did go down, so people were definitely worried for a little bit. Um, and uh, anyway, so during Sutter's press conference last night, uh member of the media did ask him uh you know where did like where did Huberto go at that point right like what was what was going on so uh I do have the clip here I'm just trying to pull it up okay here we go so this is uh again the Daryl Sutter press conference from uh Saturday night Huberto left the bench for a little bit in the first period are you able to say what it was I think you'd go take a shit. <laughs> I think you'd play that one more time, just for the people that aren't from Alberta, that don't can't understand the Alberta accent and aren't watching for the captions here. Okay, one more time here. Huberto uh, left the bench for a little bit in the first period. Are you able to say what it was? I think you'd go take a shit. I think he had to go take a shit, <laughs> and just 
the like okay i'm just gonna go back just a little bit here it's like part way through the quote just listen after the fact kid go take a shit Silence. Everyone, everyone had to be too stunned to not laugh at that. <laughs> when like, wh I, I've never heard those words come from a coach. Like when <laughs> nothing even remotely close to that. Like I know there's been instances of like guys having to leave to like go to the bathroom or that kind of thing. There yeah, was, uh, there was the one in uh, of uh, Roberto Luongo when he was in Vancouver. Um, I think it was like going into overtime and the backup goalie came out i forget who it was at the time um everyone's like where like where's luongo what happened kind of thing and he, he like luongo yeah was able to come back for overtime and i think the canucks won that game um mm -hmm. with luongo back in net there this is why you carry a backup goalie people but uh, <laughs> yeah so luongo said after though that uh yeah his stomach was not doing great and he had like horrible diarrhea basically that he had to like strip out of all his gear and yeah go kind of things so. but like but that's coming from the source right that's yeah, not coming just, from the coach sutter just i think he had to go take a shit like yeah i you like can find is that actually what happened or is that what or is he, that like is sutter he, is he just saying like up kind of thing. like yeah. I, I, what a stupid question i'm not going to tell you oh yeah the, he got He's in concussion protocol, or like his arm got twisted, or like that, whatever. Like oh. he's he's not where he doesn't want to say that, so he's just like, I just want to get them to not ask me about Huberto anymore. So we're just gonna say that. I think he, I think for Sutter though, like if he thinks you're asking a stupid question, like he'll let you know you're asking a stupid question. But is this so his like, way of is, letting you know? No, like, I, I'm I'm genuinely I genuinely think he might be telling the truth there, but like just the way yeah. that he addressed it was just like. Daryl Sutter is very blunt, I guess, when he wants to be very honest. Mm -hmm. um, you, and he is a he's a way, he has a way with words, that's for sure. You can go on YouTube and find like uh, people call them Sutterisms. You can find like compilations of Sutterisms, and they're fantastic. And this is just going to get added to the list. It's not even oh, a Sutterism; yeah. it's just him being brutally honest. But like, <laughs> it's, it's definitely getting added. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that was uh, that was too good to to pass up. We didn't want to leave that one until. Wednesday just for uh how fresh that dookie was. So <laughs> yeah, that's a that's that's a good one. Uh, I, <laughs> I I love Daryl Sutter. Like he's he's so good. Everyone loves him. He's he's loved around the league just for shit like this. It's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it would have yeah. been nice to have him as the coach in Anaheim, not the could you advisor. Imagine? But could you imagine? We got yeah. we just as Ducks fans. It would be so interesting. As as Ducks <laughs> yeah, fans. We, and, and I mean, I can pray for this. I have no attachment to Dale Sutter, but I'm praying that the Flames just go on like a terrible 20 game losing streak at some point this season out of the playoffs. Um, and then they, so they fire Sutter. And then Pat Verbeek is like, hey, <laughs> what's up? You up? Uh, Text him at midnight yeah. after he's fired. You up? <laughs> you're you're uh, a little too hopeful there. Sutter did get extended two years, like two or three years, I think it was. And, uh, Things Sutter had said like after his time in LA that like the only place, the only two places that he would go to coach um would have been like back to Calgary and Chicago where he played. So yeah. But yeah, w wishful thinking for sure. I, I, know, it's, I know. it's definitely one of those like, oh, like what if like Daryl Sutter was the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks? Like, how could this team look right now? It'd be interesting. So yeah, definitely. But,
All right. Well, that is the episode here. We will be back on Wednesday for a live stream, 7 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at Quack Report Pod, as well on Twitter and Instagram uh, and Twitch at the same handle there as well. And um, oh, yeah, merch, tqrshop.myspreadshop.com. Hoping the Mighty Collection will be out soon, as well as another one there for you guys. Nate, if people want to let you know when they are going to take shit, where can they do that at? <laughs> I think there's apps for that. We did one with a buddy of ours for a oh, little yeah, bit. That's I right. remember it was yeah. like how like it's like describe it and whatnot. Anyway, if you really want to <laughs> let me know though how it uh, how it is or that you're gonna go take one, uh, you can t- uh, tweet at me at Tate Nomas T A T E N H O M A S and just put us back to the early days of Twitter when that's that's the <laughs> updates you would get there. So it's just yeah, like oh so and so about to go take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> Just enjoyed the freshest dump of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can follow myself at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97 on Twitter there. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Monday edition of the Quack Report. We'll see you on Wednesday for a live stream and go Ducks go. Go Ducks go.